Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, bringing you our second listener support special. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. And don't forget our Instagram. Instagram.com slash Great Detectives. A reminder, you can become one of our Patreon supporters at Patreon.GreatDetectives.net for as little as $2 per month. Well, we're doing something different for this week's special. Over on our Superman podcast at otrsuperman.com, we paused our restoration process and are going to be releasing our first new episodes in three and a half years. Over the next three weeks, every Sunday and every Wednesday, a new episode at otrsuperman.com. And to celebrate, I wanted to present some Superman over on Great Detectives. The problem is that, in general, Superman is not a detective, certainly over radio. In fact, most of Superman over radio is told in serialized adventures. The first nine years of Superman on the radio was entirely serials that were targeted at a juvenile audience although there were secretly adults in the audience even back then. And then after that, they tried a couple of different half-hour schemes. First on Mutual, and then later on ABC, they did half-hour episodes that were targeted towards a juvenile audience. However, in between that, ABC actually uh, gave Superman a primetime series, which... Uh, was more targeted towards an adult audience and pitched as a mystery series. Now, to be fair, not every episode lived up to that billing because even though they had changed the audience and the supposed genre, they still had a limited budget and went into recycling scripts and ideas from the serialized juvenile series. However, one story that uh, does live up to the measure of being a mystery series is today's episode. This is the fifth of the uh, 13 episodes that were aired in this run. The original air date is November the 26th, 1949, and this one is Puzzle of the Poison Pomegranate. Faster than a speeding bullet... More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. The Adventures of Superman. Planet Krypton, home of a race of supermen, exploded into dust. The sole survivor was an infant boy who had been shot to earth in a sealed rocket. Today, that boy grown to manhood is known as Superman, sworn enemy of the forces of evil. To aid him in his never-ending fight for truth and justice, he masquerades as Clark Kent, crime reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. His secret is carefully guarded. No one is aware that Kent is Superman. No one but you. Join with us now on ABC as we embark on another of Superman's transcribed adventures as the Man of Steel in his guise of Clark Kent, crime reporter, 
solves a baffling murder in The Puzzle of the Poisoned Pomegranate. The lifeblood of a great daily paper is news. News that travels from the far corners of the earth by cable and radio. News from country hamlets and teeming cities. News of big people and of little people. News of life and of death. And behind each blazing headline, behind each neatly printed column of type, is a story. Sometimes gay, sometimes sad, sometimes brutal. This is a brutal story. Because it is a story of jealousy, of greed, and of murder. Our scene is a small reception room on the fourth floor of the Chemical Institute in the city of Metropolis. Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, is waiting to interview Dr. Benson King, famous biochemist. We find her conversing with Helene Carter, Dr. King's secretary. This must be fascinating work, Miss Carter, knowing that at any moment you may be on the threshold of a, well, a world-shattering discovery. Yes, it is fascinating. Of course, like anything else, it has its trying moments. This one, for instance. I know your appointment with Dr. King was for 3 o'clock sharp, and it's now 3.20. Oh, don't worry but, about uh, it, please. I've waited longer than this for far less important people. This is Dr. King's laboratory day, and since he's running his final test on a new antibiotic, he must operate under completely antiseptic conditions. Yes, of course he's, I... He's uh, in Lab 3, that room over there. It's a germ-free lab, and of course the door can't be opened until he's through and ready to come out. Really, it's perfectly all right. Uh, if it were any other lab, I'd go in and tell him you're here. I wish you wouldn't bother. I haven't another thing to do. We we could fill in a few gaps, however, while I'm waiting. Uh, let me just glance over these uh, notes. Uh, yes, this new antibiotic that uh, Dr. King is working on, he believes is a positive cure for tuberculosis, doesn't he? Well, he believed it may be a cure. Nothing is positive. No, of course not. My choice of words was bad. How long has he been working on this particular project? Uh, since 1945. That's five years. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Can I help you, Dr. Willis? Is uh, Dr. King still in the lab? Yes. It's almost 3.30. I know. I don't care, except that I've got those auromycin cultures ready, and they won't hold stable. You wanted to see them. I'm sure he'll be out any minute now. Miss Lane, this is Dr. Willis, Dr. King's assistant. How do you do, Doctor? Uh, Miss Lane is with the Daily Planet. She had an appointment for a three o'clock interview with Dr. King. I see. Please don't let me interfere with anything. Those uh, oromycin cultures, whatever they are, sound far more important than any interview. Well, it isn't. They're more so important. We can always culture more. As a matter of fact, Miss Carter, if it is a bad day for Dr. King, I could just as... What was that? Did it come from three? Yes, it's the monkey. Oh, is Dr. King working with those little Reese's monkeys? Monkeys and guinea pigs. Really? On earth is going on in there. Sounds like the monkey's loose. I'm going to open the door. Dr. Willis, you can't. That's a sterile lamp. I know. You have no right to open that door. No right whatsoever. I don't like the sound of things in there. Whether you like them or not, opening the door of that lab may ruin a year's work and nobody knows it better than you do. I'm still going to open it. Remember, Dr. Willis, I warn you. I'll remember, Miss Carter. Monkey's loose and... What is it? Oh, happened, Dr. Willis? Look, on, on the floor. Dr. King? Yes, with blood on his mouth and on the front of his laboratory gown. I'll call an ambulance. Don't bother, Miss Carter. He's dead. Oh, excuse me. 
Uh, Clark Kent, please. Oh, why do they always take so long when it's important? That phone, I've got to call the police. Never mind, I'll take care of that. This is a terrible tragedy. Yes, speaking. Uh, Clark, excuse me. Uh, this is Lois. Oh, hi. Look, I'm at the chemical institute. I had an appointment with Dr. Benson King, and we just found him dead in his laboratory. Oh, heart attack? No, no, it looks bad. What do you mean? Well, I can't talk. You better come on over. Okay. Uh, pick up Inspector Henderson on your way. I will. Don't let anyone touch anything. Right. Uh, Dr. Willis. Yes? I suggest you close the door to that lab and wait out here with us until the police arrive. <laughs> I'm Inspector Henderson, Metropolis Police Department. Where's the body? Right in that room, Inspector. Mind if I have a look at it with you, Inspector? Kent, you know it wouldn't do me any good to mind, so why bother? Now, you'd better all find chairs and sit down because you're going to be here for some time. All right, come along, Kent. Right. Close the door. Okay. Well, there's no question about this one. Place looks like a cyclone hit it. Broken glass, stools turned over. Are there any marks on the body? No, can't see any. Just the blood, eh? It isn't blood. What's that? Much too red. Wait a minute, don't touch anything, Ken. Huh? Just the front of his gown, Inspector. Huh. Smells like fruit juice. Like fruit juice? Yep. Sticky, too. Well, so's blood. Let's leave that for the medical examiner, Kent. If this room doesn't show signs of a struggle, I never saw one that did. Yeah, all the windows are sealed. Wonder where this door leads to. Oh, it's a walk-in refrigerator. Oh, I wish that monkey had stopped chattering. What are you doing, Kent? Nothing, just looking. Look, this, uh, this Dr. King was a big man, wasn't he? One of the country's leading biochemist. Well, why would anybody want to knock off a guy like that? Maybe nobody did. Oh, you don't think he was murdered? Not sure. What would you like, an affidavit from the corpse? Well, if it is murder, it wasn't done violently. Oh, I see. Yes, he broke the bottle, kicked over the stool, spilled that pitcher of water or whatever it is, and then quietly choked himself to death. Eh? We'll see. Kent, you're a crackerjack reporter, but you wouldn't last a week on the homicide squad. Come on, I've seen enough. And that monkey is driving me nuts. Let's get the story on this. All right, now. Now, let's start from the beginning. Now, when did you find the body? It was at a front. All right, wait, 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 wait. One at a time, if you please. Uh, miss, uh... Carter. Carter? All right, go ahead, please. Well, it was 3.25. And who was the last one to see Dr. King alive? I was, I think. When? Uh, at uh, 9 o'clock this morning, I-, I gave him his thermos bottle of milk and his uh, fruit just before he went into the lab. Well, what was that for? Well, it was Dr. King's lunch. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see him again until you found him dead on the floor at 325? No, he was supposed to come out at 3 to keep an appointment with Miss Lane. I see. Okay. May I ask Miss Carter a question? Oh, Inspector? now, Ken. I think you'll find the answer interesting. Go ahead. Miss Carter, what kind of fruit did Dr. King take into the lab with him? Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know. You said you gave it to him, didn't you? With a thermos bottle of milk? Yes, I, I did. Well, let me think. I believe there was... There was an apple and, a, and uh, a banana. Nothing else? Oh, skip it, Kent, will you? We've got a job to do here. Okay, Inspector. Now then, Mr. Uh... I'm Dr. Willis. I was Dr. King's assistant. I see. Now, when did you last see him that is alive? At about 6.30 last night. He told me he'd completed the final paperwork on his new antibiotic. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it. What is an antibiotic? Well, stated simply, it's a type of germ-destroying biologic growth. Penicillin, streptomycin, and auromycin are antibiotics. Uh-huh. As okay, I said, good. Uh, Dr. King mentioned he'd completed the paperwork and was going to do the final laboratory test the following day. All right, go on. Today. Go ahead. I'm afraid that's all. 
I worked on the third floor until a little after three when I came up here. At 3.25, when I heard unusual sounds coming from the lab Dr. King was working in, I opened the door. Mm. Well, suppose you tell us what you found, Doctor. Dr. King was lying on the floor, obviously dead. Well, how was it obvious? His eyes were open and fixed, his lower jaw had dropped, and his limbs Is were... all that horrible detail necessary? I'm afraid it is, Miss Carter. Now, you were saying something about his limbs, Doctor. Yes, they had begun to stiffen. Did you touch the body? No, I did not. Then how did you know it was stiffening? From the position of the arms and legs. Oh, what else did you notice in the room? Well, for one thing, the test monkey had somehow gotten out of its cage. Hmm. Who put it back in? Why, nobody. Miss Lane's suggestion, I closed the door until you arrived. That's right, Inspector. No one has been in that room since we found Dr. King's body on the floor. Uh, couldn't the monkey have just gone back into the cage of its own accord? Well, that's undoubtedly what happened. Is it, Doctor? And how do you account for the fact that the cage door is bolted from the outside? I'm afraid I can't account for it. However, from the line of your questioning, I take it you're assuming that there has been foul play involved. Put it bluntly, that Dr. King was murdered. I'm not assuming anything. Uh, does that mean we're under arrest? No, Miss Carter, no, it doesn't. If you leave your address and telephone number, and that applies to you too, Dr. Willis. Yes, you can go now. We'll call you if we need you. Oh, wait a minute. There's just one more thing. Do either one of you know of anyone who might have had a reason, either fancied or real, for taking Dr. King's life? Miss Carter? No, I can't think of anything. Dr. Willis, if I may, Inspector, I should like to withhold my answer to that question until the final determination is made as to whether or not Dr. King was murdered. For what reason? Well, I don't feel justified in arousing suspicions at this time. If Dr. King was murdered, I may have something interesting to tell you. I see. Well, I'm going back to headquarters. I'll be in touch with you. <laughs> Come in, Miss Lane. Thank you. Kent. Anything new, Inspector? Yes, I just got the post-mortem report. Was it murder? Arsenic. Uh-oh. He was dead two to three hours. I'd have put it somewhere between 1225 and 125. And you were right about the blood, Kent. You mean it wasn't blood? No, it was fruit juice. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that does it. It does what? Well, you better tell him, Toss. There's no sense in holding it back now. You holding something back, Kent? Just that Miss Carter lied to you. Oh, she did, eh? When? She told you she gave Dr. King a thermos bottle of milk and some fruit for his lunch. That's right. When I questioned her, she said the fruit was an apple and a banana. You remember that? Uh-huh. She didn't mention the pomegranate. What pomegranate? The fruit juice stains in Dr. King's mouth and on the front of his laboratory robe came from a red pulp pomegranate. Well, well, how do you know? I saw the same stains on the laboratory table where King had evidently cut the pomegranate, and half hidden under his body was a quarter of the fruit that had been bitten into. Well, why didn't you tell me this before? I tried to, but you shut me up, remember? Locke's very sensitive, you know, Inspector. Anyway, I decided to wait until the medical examiner's report was in. Well, what's the matter of it, then? The pomegranate was poisoned, and the Carter girl poisoned it, eh? That's the way it might figure. Well, now, no, wait a minute. If King bit into a quarter of the pomegranate and dropped dead, then what happened to the rest of it? Ah, now you've got me. You're checking everything in that room, I suppose. Yes, Hannigan's up there now with a crew from the police lab. Well, I suggest we take a run up there and see what they've found. All right, let's go. There's a complete list of everything in the room, Inspector. Even the monkey. Well, let's have the important stuff first. Did you find a quarter of a pomegranate that was bitten into? Yeah, it was under the body, loaded with arsenic. Yeah. What about the other three quarters? No sign of it. But we ran a test on the milk in the thermos bottle. Yes? 
That's loaded, too. Enough arsenic to kill a horse. Oh, no. Well, that Carter girl wasn't taking any chances, was she? Funny thing about the milk, Inspector. None of it was drunk. Bottles full right up to the top. Well, sure. He ate the palm ground at first. But anything else? Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, now, four bottles of poison on the table. Arsenic, cyanide, curare, and digitalis. And four hypodermic syringes and needles, each with a trace of one of the poisons. Three dead guinea pigs in the icebox, and one live one in a small basket under the table. Everything else is routine. Okay, get the important stuff down to headquarters, then, and we're through here. Inspector. Yes, Kent? Would you have an autopsy done on the three dead guinea pigs so that we'll know what killed them? Well, who cares? It may be important. All right, if it'll make you happy. One more thing. There's a missing link here, something that doesn't gel. Yeah, what is it? The rest of that pomegranate. It's got to be somewhere in this room. It didn't go up in smoke. Well, of course not. The Carter girl had access to the room all day. She came in and got it after King died. Why didn't she take the fourth quarter, the important one? Probably couldn't find it. It was hidden under the body. Maybe she got panicky. I don't know. Why didn't she get rid of the poison milk? Oh, now, look, Kent, I'm not the murderer. Oh, I don't think Miss Carter is either. Well, if she isn't, she's a darn good facsimile. You've got to admit, Clark, that all the evidence... Wait a minute. Well, now what? Yeah, here's the answer. The answer to what? Come here. Well, we're waiting. Wait a minute, I'm looking for the third one. Oh, oh, there it is. What, Clark? Three pieces of pomegranate peel on the floor of the monkey's cage. Well? One in this corner. Look, one over to the left, and one back about halfway. You see them? Well, yes, I see them, but what does it prove? The monkey was out of its cage when they opened the door of the room this afternoon. Yes? Obviously, he got hold of the three quarters of the pomegranate, took it back into his cage, and ate the fruit. Oh, Kent, you're crazy. If one quarter of the pomegranate had enough arsenic in it to kill a man, what do you think three quarters would have done to the monkey? Just look at him. He couldn't be more alive. Now, that means one of two things. Either the pomegranate wasn't poisoned at all, or only the quarter that Dr. King started to eat had arsenic in it. I don't know why I stand here discussing this with you, Kent. The piece of pomegranate we found under King's body was loaded with arsenic. It was loaded. But then the rest wasn't poisoned. Well, that doesn't make sense, No, Paul. not only doesn't it make sense, but it's ridiculous. Why would anyone set out to poison just one quarter of a pomegranate? It depends on who did it. It also depends on whether the motive was murder. Yes. Say that again. The motive for poisoning the pomegranate may not have been murder. I thought that's what you said. Are you feeling all right? I feel fine, thank now, you. Now, Clark, really, you're not making any sense. Why would anyone go to the trouble of poisoning a pomegranate if the motive wasn't murder? I told you, it depends on who did it. What difference does it make who did it? Arsenic is a deadly poison. Everybody knows it's a deadly poison. All right. You don't put arsenic in a pomegranate, a, a plum, a peach, or a pear, or a pot of coffee. Unless you're planning to kill somebody. You, yes. What do you mean, me, Yes. Well, I'm not sure yet, so I can't talk. Oh, Clark. Oh, why, oh, why do I put up with this? There must be easier ways of earning a living. Look, Kent, will you do me a favor? Sure, if I can. Well, you can. Just go away. Huh? Go back to your newspaper office and sit on your typewriter. On my typewriter? Well, at your typewriter, then. As soon as we clean this stuff out of here and get it down to headquarters, I'm going to pick up that Carter girl. And I promise you that I'll call you and give you her complete confession. Thanks, Inspector, but I can do better than that. Yeah, meaning what? I'll deliver Dr. King's murderer to you before midnight tonight. Oh, you will, eh? Yes, but it won't do you any good. Then why not? Because Dr. King's murderer is completely innocent. Coming, Lois? Where to? I want to buy a pomegranate. You want a big pomegranate or a small one? It doesn't matter, any size. How's it this one? Oh, that's fine. How much? At 25 cents. Okay, here you are. Thank you. You call again. Well, now that we've got the pomegranate talk, what are we going to do with it? Nothing at the moment. 
It's uh, 9.30. I think first we'll pay a call on Dr. Willis. What for? I need the answers to some technical questions. Taxi! Am I to assume from what you tell me, Mr. Kent, that the police know who killed Dr. King? Not quite, Dr. Willis. They know how he met his death. It was arsenic poisoning. I find that a little hard to believe unless... unless it was suicide. No, no, it wasn't suicide. As a matter of fact, there were four bottles of poison on the laboratory table. Arsenic was one of them. Would you know what use Dr. King was making of poisons? Well, that's a difficult question to answer, Mr. Kent. Any one of the number of uses. Or would he have injected poisons into guinea pigs for any reason? Yes, he might have. Oh? Unfortunately, I can't be of much help since I'm not familiar with the latter part of Dr. King's research. I see. I worked closely with him on the initial experiments, but he seemingly preferred handling the final tests himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, Dr. Willis, are arsenic crystals soluble in water? Uh, true arsenic is a metal. As such, is not water-soluble. However, a compound arsenious oxide is. I see. Well, now, just one more question, if you don't mind. Not at all. You told Inspector Henderson that once it was established that Dr. King had been murdered, you might have some interesting information. Yes, I have, Mr. Kent, but I feel it should be revealed to the police, not to newspaper reports. Oh, I assure you, Dr. Willis, whatever you tell us will be referred to Inspector Henderson. I don't question that for a moment, Miss Lane. But since my information concerns Miss Carter and is by way of being confidential, well, I'm sure you understand my position. You suspect Miss Carter of being involved in Dr. King's death, don't you? Whether I do or not, Mr. Kent, is immaterial. My suspicions have no bearing on the case. However, in casting about for a motive... No, I withdraw that. Did Miss Carter have a motive for murdering Dr. King? I prefer not to answer that question at this time. Well, when will you answer it? At Inspector Henderson's request. Well, we're not going to press you, Doctor. Thanks for talking to us. It's quite all right. Good night, Dr. Willis. Good night, Miss Lane. Good night, sir. Good night. Well, what do you think you accomplished by that? Wait a minute. Doc, what are you doing? I'm listening. You can't hear anything through that door. And anyway, he's alive. Please, be a pro- quiet, Lois. Bringing into play Superman's keenly developed hearing, Kent, his ear glued to the door of Dr. Willis's apartment, picks up the metallic scrape of a telephone number being dialed. Hello? Miss Carter, this is Dr. Willis. Uh, have you heard from the police yet? No, I haven't. Well, listen carefully. Mr. Kent and Miss Lane have just left my apartment. I think it's important that you meet me at the Institute immediately. Why? I can't tell you over the phone. Meet me on the fourth floor in Dr. King's office. Uh, you have a key, haven't you? Yes. Aren't the police still there? No. Mr. Kent said they moved out tonight. Uh, don't delay, please. Get there as soon as you can. All right. So, that's how it is. What are you talking about? Come on, before he catches us out here. No, no, no. We, we, can't, we can't wait for the elevator. Come on, down the stairs. What is this all about? Broth is beginning to bubble. I want you to get down to police headquarters, collar Henderson, and take him to the Chemical Institute, to King's office on the fourth floor. Do you mind telling me why? Never mind why. Tell him to bring the bottle of arsenic and the hypodermic syringe and needle that had traces of arsenic in it. Oh, yes, and the results of the autopsy on the three dead guinea pigs. I don't get the point of this. There's only one point, Lois. We're about to solve the puzzle of the poison pomegranate. <laughs> Dr. Willis, I had trouble getting a cab. It's all right. Unlock the door. Why are we doing this? I'll explain everything. The light switch is on the left. I've got it. 
I'll close the door. Now, Miss Carter, I want you to open Dr. King's filing cabinet and give me all his antibiotic research notes, including the final report. What do you mean? You understand English, don't you? I want the results of Dr. King's research. I'm sorry, Dr. Willis, but I can't give it to you. Is that what you brought me down here for? That and other things. Now, let me have those keys. I'll open the cabinet myself. No, you can't. Dr. King's notes belong to the Institute. They belong to me. Dr. Willis. They belong to me. I did the original work on this project. I developed the first soil molds. Then he eased me out of the picture. He decided to carry on alone. Now that he's gone, I'm going to take over. You don't know what you're saying. Nobody knows better than I do. Now give me those keys. No, Dr. Willis. Give them to me. me. You're hurting me. I want those keys and I'm going to get them. There. Oh, You've lost your mind. Have I? And we'll see. Stand over against that wall. Hurry, do as I say. Well, that's better. Now, we'll open the window like this. Now, don't be frightened, Miss Carter. It's much easier this way, much faster. What are you talking about? The police know the milk in the thermos bottle was poisoned. <gasps> They'll be closing in on you soon. I'm going to save you from the disgrace, the humiliation. I'm going to make it easier for don't you. Don't you touch me. Don't touch me or I'll scream. Scream your head off. The watchman is in the basement and the streets are deserted at this time of night. Being very kind to you, Miss Carter. You must understand Dr. that. Dr. Willis, I warn you. If you touch me, I'll... Don't struggle, Miss Carter. Don't prolong it. You're going out the window to a swift, merciful death. Oh, no, no. Yes, that's how it has to be. It must look like suicide because suicide is a confession of guilt. Goodbye, Miss Carter. <sighs> Over and done with. Over and done with. I never dreamed it would be that easy. Never. Oh, here we are. All the notes and the final report. Nothing can stop me now. <gasps> Who's there? Who's there? Mr. Kent. Hello, Dr. Willis. Uh, Mr. Kent, a tragic thing just happened. Uh, Miss Carter committed suicide. What? She jumped out that window. I, I, I couldn't stop her. What? Uh, soon after you and Miss Lane left my apartment, she called me, asked me to meet her here. Yes? I came down at once and found her with these notes and on Dr. King's research. She'd taken them out of Dr. King's confidential file, and she wanted to make a bargain with me because she knew I suspected her because of Walter Marsden. Who's Walter Marsden? Uh, her fiancé. He's president of the Marsden Chemical Company. Oh? Uh, that was the information I had for the police. I overheard Marsden tell Miss Carter that he'd give anything to get the exclusive rights to the manufacture of Dr. King's new antibiotic. And you believe that was her motive for murder? Yes, yes. Uh, tonight, she offered to cut me in on it. I rejected the offer and told her I was duty-bound to reveal what I knew to the police. Before I could move, she rushed to the window, opened it, and threw herself out. Poor misguided girl. Did she tell you how she murdered Dr. King? Uh, yes, yes. She... She said she poisoned the milk in the thermos bottle. Oh. Uh, come in. What? Come in, Miss Carter. No. No, she did. I, I saw her go out the window. You mean you pushed her out the window? Oh, no, she's dead. She must be dead. Let me have those notes, Dr. Willis. No, no. When did you poison the milk, Dr. Willis? I didn't. She did. Too late for lies now. Oh, no one but the police, Miss Lane, and I knew the milk had been poisoned. And just a minute ago, you told me about it. What? You trapped, doctor. Get it off your conscience. <laughs> Yes, I did it. I did it. I did it. What in the name of heaven is going on here? Come in, Inspector. Lois, Dr. Willis was just about to make a confession. What's that? Go ahead, Doctor. I... I treated the cork out of the thermos bottle with... with Arsenius oxide the night before. 
I poisoned the milk. I murdered Dr. King. Well, Kent, what is this? You know as well as I do that Dr. King didn't drink any of the milk. I don't what? know. I'm coming to that. Did you bring the arsenic and the hypo? Well, yes, I did. What about the report on the three dead guinea pigs? Yeah, they're all poisoned. Cyanide, curare, and digitalis. Perfect. That leaves arsenic. Leaves it for what? Sit tight and I'll show you. I'm going to take the arsenic, the hypo, and this pomegranate I bought into the laboratory where Dr. King met his death. I'll be right back. I don't get this. Neither do I, Inspector, but Clark has something up his sleeve. Well, I hope it's more than his arm. Inspector, were you telling the truth? Didn't he drink the milk? Please, please, I must All know. All right, I'll deal with you later. Okay. Now we'll wait. We'll wait for what? A solution to the puzzle. In the meantime, suppose we let Miss Carter tell us why Dr. Willis attempted to murder Dr. King by poisoning the milk. Miss Carter? Well, it can be summed up in one word. Jealousy. Dr. Willis had talent. Dr. King was a genius. Talent is always envious of genius. Oh, but I didn't kill him. You said he didn't drink the milk. You, you <laughs> attempted two murders, Dr. King and Miss Carter. Miss Carter? When was this? He pushed her out that window. He what? pushed her out the window? What are you talking about? If she went out of that window, Superman she Superman caught her before she hit the pavement. Superman? Oh, it's happening sooner than I expected. What, sir? I want you all to stand in front of the door to the laboratory and watch carefully when I open the door. All set? Yeah, go ahead. Look! The monkey! He's got the hypo! Yes, and he's injecting the arsenic into the pomegranate. Well, I can't believe my eyes. All right, Jocko, that's enough. Back in your cage, will you? Now, what's this? Hey! Look at that! He bolts the cage door with his tail! Right! That's how he got in and out. Can't you. You mean to say that the monkey poisoned the pomegranate that killed Dr. King? I'll reconstruct it for you. I wish you would. Dr. King was working with four poisons and four guinea pigs. Yeah. He filled four hypodermic syringes, each with one of the poisons. Then he injected three guinea pigs, one with cyanide, one with curare, and one with digitalis, leaving the fourth hypo, the arsenic hypo, still to be used. Yes. Well, I don't... well obviously, the monkey was watching all this. When Dr. King went into the refrigerated room to leave the three dead guinea pigs there, the monkey got out of its cage scampered up on the table, and imitated what Dr. King had done. Only he used the convenient pomegranate instead of a guinea pig. You mean... Then he got back into his cage. Go on. When Dr. King came out of the refrigerator, he evidently decided to have lunch. He cut the pomegranate into four sections. Well, you know the rest. Yes, but Clark, why wasn't the entire pomegranate poisoned? The monkey was clumsy. He stuck the hypo needle into one side of the fruit, not into the middle. Each red pomegranate seed has a tight skin. And evidently, the poison remained in just that one quarter section. I see. Well, now, wait a minute, though. Why did Miss Carter lie? Why did she say she'd given Dr. King an apple and a banana? Miss Carter? I didn't lie. Dr. King bought the pomegranate himself. He intended feeding it to the monkey. Why he ate part of it himself, I don't know. Oh. Well, you did it, Kent. And I apologize. Oh, that's not necessary, Inspector. And I hit the ceiling when you said the real murderer was innocent. You know, Kent... What, Inspector? Kent, sometimes I think you're Superman. <laughs> Inspector, you don't know what you're saying. And so ends the puzzle of the poisoned pomegranate on the adventures of Superman, which come to you now each week at this same time over many of these same ABC stations. Superman is a copyrighted transcribed feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines.
role of Superman is played by Bud Collier, Lois Lane by Joan Alexander. Music is composed and played by John Garth. This is Jackson Beck reminding you to be sure to listen next week to Death Rides the Roller Coaster on The Adventures of Superman. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. And Clark Kent being Superman has minimal play with the actual plot here. Uh, you just have his ability to overhear the phone call, as well as uh, save the uh, secretary when she's pushed out the window as Superman. Kind of reminds me, in a way, of the series we did several years back, The Avenger, uh, where he had these powers of invisibility, uh, but uh, just kind of use them uh, occasionally. In fact, it was almost pro forma in many of the episodes the series went on. Like, okay, well, he's pretty much done just normal detective work, but he's got to get in a scene of invisibility, or what's the point of this series? The episode itself, I thought, worked pretty well. There were a couple of moments where I kind of have to chuckle. Uh, the, the part where... Uh, the secretary is very insistent that the assistant not go in because it's a sterile lab, you know. And I think the assistant could have come back with, okay, if it's a sterile lab, what's he doing in there with a monkey that has nothing to do with the experiment? Well, he trusted the monkey, and that turned out to be his undoing. Though I suppose the milk would have gotten him in the end. And my favorite part in this was where Clark asked for an autopsy on the guinea pigs and uh, Inspector Henderson uh, agrees to do it, if it makes you happy. That would be something great to see on the autopsy report. Well, why are we doing an autopsy on these animals? Well, we're trying to make a reporter happy. That's all it says on the report. Now, uh, one thing to note at the uh, start of the episode, it's made the point that no one knows uh, that Clark Kent is Superman but the audience. If you were a longtime listener to the Superman uh, serialized radio series, that might be a bit confusing since uh, in the uh, serialized version, Batman was uh, part of it, and Batman knew Superman's secret identity. However, in the half-hour version, with less time to develop stories and to dally about, honestly, uh, the uh, number of characters was kind of scaled back, uh, so uh, there is no Batman in the half-hour Superman radio programs. And, uh, of course, the confession of the professor was uh, an example of that heightened New York acting style uh, still hanging around even until the late 40s. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. That was uh, a bit different, uh, but I think it still fits within uh, Great Detectives, even though it may be one of the very few episodes that does. If you are uh, interested in Superman, uh, and want to listen to more, do check out the OTR Superman podcast. We have more than 850 episodes restored, 
And as I said, we're beginning three weeks of new episodes every Sunday and Wednesday starting uh, tonight over at otrsuperman.com. Now I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Carol Ann, Patreon supporter since April 2019, currently supporting the program at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support. And you can join Carol and more than 250 other listeners as Patreons for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Casey Crime Photographer. And then coming up Tuesday, The Adventures of Bill Lance. And Saturday, Quad Room. Next Sunday, we'll be back with our final uh, listener support special. And then a week from Thursday, be sure and listen for The Adventures of Billy Swift, Boy Detective. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.